Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. Well, hello, my lovely High Vibers, and welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast for this week, where we've got something a little bit different for you. So I have spent this week on a mastermind retreat. And so in order to fully immerse myself in that, I had to put to one side a lot of the other stuff, shall we say, that I normally do in the week, one of which would have been to record my podcast. So being super efficient, what I thought I would do is share with you um, an interview where I was on somebody else's program. So it wasn't a podcast. It was actually a LinkedIn Live with Catherine Hyde, who is a legal advisor for small businesses and the founder of Hooper Hyde Solicitors. And very cleverly, if you caught her name there, it's Catherine Hyde. She calls her LinkedIn Live Hyde and Speak. Oh, to be so creative as that. How fantastic. So, yeah, so Catherine asked me to be on her Hide and Speak a couple of weeks ago. And I thought it would be great to share the audio because it's quite fun and very different to be on the other side of the mic as it were so she was interviewing me asking me questions but we have quite a interesting and varied conversation around all sorts of stuff around mindset around my thoughts around work-life balance around what you can do if you find yourself with your mindset not in the best of places And I talk about lots and lots of my favourite subjects. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to hand you over to Catherine. And we're live. How exciting. Dawn, thank you for joining me on this fabulous Tuesday morning. Although I don't know about you, it's pretty overcast where I am. I want the sunshine to come back although my husband hates it hates the heat anything over about 20 and he's grumpy I love I'm... it although only if I can lie in it so yeah no that's you know. fair it depends how hot it is doesn't it it's like yeah. early 20s it's quite comfortable yeah kind of getting up into the mid 20s you're like i don't know what i need to just lie on a sunbed with a cocktail in my hand next to a swimming pool yeah <laughs> right anyway dawn thank you for joining me today obviously i am the host of hide and speak and i speak to um, business owners 
people who are running their own businesses who have been doing it for a while you know and just to talk about the kind of the highs the lows everything in between how it's been going what you've learned you know all that sort of thing so Dawn would you be so kind as to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do and then we'll get chatting yeah so I'm Dawn Owen I'm a zero bs high vibe af lots of uh, letters in there coach and yeah so I do business coaching but as I'm sure we'll talk about later I don't think of myself as a typical business coach so I'm not I do strategy but I also do the mindset work because when you hit a ceiling I find that you can have all the business strategy that you like you won't breach the ceiling until you sort out what's going on in here so oh, yeah it's so true. Let's just touch on that for a minute, because that is definitely something that I have had to really face in the last two years is realizing my own kind of, first of all, internal monologue that yes. can be quite negative and also stepping out of your comfort zone and just like it's really hard I think I think I think when you start out in business you think you've just kind of got it all together and you're like not necessarily that you know everything oh. but that okay well you've got the self-confidence to start so you must have yeah. the self-confidence to carry on yeah definitely and I also think most of us typically when we start we're starting something that we've already been doing for somebody yeah. else and we've probably been at quite a high level and we're like you know F this, I could do this for myself. Yeah, it can't be that hard. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and if I was the boss, this is yeah. what I do. That's a really yeah, yeah. this is what I do. And then we kind of the reality hits you in the face of like, oh right, it's not just about being a good solicitor, a coach. I I wasn't coaching when I worked for someone else. Um, because originally I set up my own insurance brokerage. And oh, I've right, been working, okay. Yeah, so I've been working in insurance for 20 ideas and thought thought exactly that i can do this why am i, why am I doing this for someone else I can do it for myself and then you know i've got the office and the coffee machine and the board table and you know the phone wasn't ringing i'm like oh god oh well the phone yeah. just used to ring before and and i would just sell the insurance to them so i'm like oh yeah okay and i think that's the thing isn't it you have all of these various challenges because certainly when you start and and even when you you know carry on sometimes that you're the the chief everything i saw a great graphic the other day on linkedin somebody had um put themselves in different poses and was like oh. meet meet my marketing officer <laughs> meet my finance officer meet Brilliant. the HR department and you know that is that is what we do but we actually don't know anything about those things so right. we have to find out and I think when it, it just all comes at you, sometimes it's really easy to feel overwhelmed. Yeah. It's not a word I like, but, you know, it's what we do experience. Mm. And I do think as a business owner, there's just something coming at you all of the time, really. All of the time. And I think, that I mean, the learning curve I went on, really, in the last two years, I feel like I've sort of, I've, I've plateaued a little bit. I've sort of set, like, you know, th I feel like I'm very aware of my strengths and my weaknesses at this point in time. And I know that there are things that now I kind of need to level up on, but yeah. I feel like I've got a good sense of where I'm at. When you first start out, you kind of don't, and you've you very quickly got to figure out, you know, like you said, how to how to market, what yeah. admin you need to do, your finances, 
you know, all of the kind of real basics of owning and running a business that you, you sort of forget are even a thing until you've got to do them, you know? I don't even know they're a thing. And, you know, well, certainly speak for myself, I had a very simplistic view of business. I thought yeah. it was about just doing the do. Yeah. Just being a solicitor, just being an insurance broker, just being a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I never forget. So I put on a lot of events now, and I never forget going to an event when I first kind of set out my personal development journey. Because mm -hmm. I'm almost ashamed to admit this, right? I sat in this room, yeah. and there were about 200 people in the room. I'd gone with a friend, and we paid, it was a Sunday, we paid £100 each. And me and my friend, both in business for ourselves, not very long, turned to each other and said, Whoa, well, this is all right, isn't it? 200 people paid £100 a head. Easy peasy. Oh my God, she's yeah. like making it in. Never for one minute thinking she's had to hire the, the room, she's had to pay for all the merchandise. She's had to feed us, give yeah. us drinks. There was probably hardly anything actually left. Now I know yeah. what I know. But it's the naivety of yeah. what, what you, don't, you don't know what you don't know. Don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And the kind of really steep learning curve that you go on when you first start out. I know one of the things for me, it was marketing for me. I had done a marketing degree, right? Not many people know this, but my first ever degree, 20, I mean, how old am I now? Like 25 years ago was actually marketing so it was languages for business with a marketing element in it and even i started out in business and went holy shit this is massive like i need to figure out what my messaging is you know who i want to be talking to you know what does my branding feel like well, you know everything it was the, the probably the steepest learning curve for me was realizing how much of a mammoth thing this is it, you know I guess like anything, the theory of something is very different to doing yeah. it. I, I would imagine reading a law textbook and taking the exam is very different to being a solicitor every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I say I say I didn't actually learn to be a lawyer until I did the job. Yeah. And that's why I'm a huge advocate of people actually working in the profession before they mm -hmm. qualify, because yeah. I don't think you get a sense of what it's like to be a lawyer in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many skills around just being able to read a textbook and understand it that don't really get taught, you know, when you're sat behind a desk ultimately. Or interact with people. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and I think you just go back to that when you've had the job, you know, with somebody else, is that you have your job to do, everything else gets kind of put in, you know, gets put in front of Done you. For you. Yeah. You don't have to do all the stuff in the background exactly. and it would be great if it was as simple as just doing your thing every day mm -hmm. but there, there is so much else to do and I find so that where people get actually overwhelmed they're never overwhelmed with you know doing their own thing delivering coaching what they're overwhelmed with is the marketing the sales yeah. Yeah. the HR yeah. and all of that other stuff that goes with it and then throw in there you know if you want to go networking um and you know life yeah being an adult yeah and, you know, children dogs yeah. and birthdays and friends and everything yeah. and it's it's easy to see where it's like like what yeah what is going on yeah do you know um i don't know if you it may not have watched it but there's a scene in harry one of the harry potter films where there's a load of flying keys and I yes. often I often liken to business life to this scene with Harry Potter about the flying keys, and you don't really know which one you're supposed to grab at to open yeah. the door. 
And then eventually you'll figure out, oh, well, it's that one. Right. OK, great. Open that door, go through, you know, and it is, you know, it's sort of like sometimes you just got to kind of it's trial and error to figure yeah. out which key is the right one for the next phase of. You know. Definitely. And it just made me think as well. I absolutely hate the phrase work life balance. I would ban it if I could. I do not believe it. That? I, I, because it sets us up for failure or to feel like we're failing. So it's like, right work-life balance insinuates that it's 50 50 mm. and i just don't think that's attainable because you know you're, you're a mom as am i and um, if your kids are ill you are gonna have to focus on that and yeah. um, as you get older and your parents get older you know you may be required to care for them yeah and then sometimes when you know you're in a blast moment in your business as I would call it you've got a launch you're in the middle of court or whatever is going on yeah. you've got to fall in in that moment and I think yeah. to say that oh, I need to balance it actually just sets us up for failure straight away yeah. rather than going it's going to be like this and sometimes it's in favour of the business and sometimes it's in favour of life and that's okay yeah I think that's it isn't it it's actually not expecting everyone everything to almost be black and white because it can't be it's like there are shades of grey and there are nuances to everything including people like there are some days where I'm super efficient and there are some days where I am as useful as a chocolate teapot quite frankly and actually not beating yourself up in those days where I'm not hugely efficient and perhaps not you know, my mind's not in it. I, I started a task last week and I, it's taken me about four days and it shouldn't have yeah. because I just have, I haven't been in the right mind frame. But for some reason, yesterday, I smashed it out. It was like super quick, job done. So for whatever reason, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. But I think I could have very easily kind of that sort of self-critical internal, oh, you're just you're shit at this you know you can't yeah. do it what are you doing you know yeah, yeah it's it's interesting isn't it so well, just take me back because I, I was just gonna say that's the thing with mindset isn't it i always like the health and fitness because everyone gets it it's why one day i can eat one jaffa cake and another day yeah. i can eat the whole box of the yeah. box, <laughs> well and i could easily demolish all right. 12 it depends what's going on up here yeah i mean i don't know that i've ever just eaten one jaffa cake I don't think I have. No, it's at <laughs> least two or three. It's at least two or three. Some weirdo out there will have eaten one Jaffa cake. And I mean, that's just wrong. I mean, I just don't know what's wrong with people because that's just wrong. Anyway, take me back because obviously yeah. you haven't always been a coach. You did you did touch on the fact that you were an insurance broker. So just talk me through the journey. So where you started to how you've ended up doing what you're doing because I think it would be really interesting to know about that. So originally, when I was at school, I, I was one of those weirdos. I loved school. I really, really loved it. So I was like, I really love this. I'm just going to stay on and do more. We had a sixth form at our school. So I'm, like, I'm going to stay on to sixth form. So I started sixth form. And in the first half of the term, mm. um, in the first year, everyone that was there was like, I'm going to this college. I'm going to this uni. This is what I want to do. And I'm like, I knew that I didn't want to go to uni. It just had, yeah. held no interest for me at yeah. all. And at the time, I still wanted to be a dancer. And so I decided at the um, half term, at the first term of the first year, I was just going to jack it all in. Right. And I went and got a job in a health food shop part time. And then I also had a job dancing. Now, I must point out here that in those days, when I say dancing, I mean dancing. Dancing. Like, yeah. Dancing. Not dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I just presented my mom and dad with the fate accompli of like, I've left, 
I'm leaving, I've got this job and I'm doing my dancing. And, you know, lucky for me, they were super supportive. So that's what I did for a few years. I worked part-time in a health food shop, which was great. And and then I did kind of dancing around the country at, you know, um, like with shows and things like that. So if anyone's old enough to remember things like summertime special and that kind of thing, you know, that was the kind of dancing that I did. And I absolutely loved it. And then I realised there is no money in dance. And I was getting a bit older, I wanted to buy my own house and that kind of stuff. So my dad at the time was in accident repairs. So we had lots of um, links into insurance. Mm. That's how I started insurance. I fell into it. I I fell into it. I started as, here's another blast from the past, a VDU operator. Oh my goodness. really giving away my age. Wow. (laughs) Some people won't even know what that is. So it's a visual display unit, yeah. i.e. your screen, basically, for your computer. Um, but that's, that's what we were called. And it was just like data entry, really. Yeah. And then quickly I realised, oh, gosh, I love this world of work. I'd love to make a career out of this. So I actually started doing insurance underwriting. That was for a company. And then I moved to a brokerage where I stayed for ages. And, and I did love it. But then I had that moment, like I said, at the mm. beginning, I was like, why am I doing this? Um, you know, I probably very um, egotistically thought my boss is an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I can do this better. I can totally do this yeah. better. And just watch me while I go and do it. Yeah. And, and I actually left. And I left with a colleague and we set up on our own a commercial insurance brokerage. And I, just, I can remember our first day. It's so crystal clear. We were in like these fancy service offices and we had this board table and had like a, a Tassimo coffee machine. Oh my goodness, and just like oh my god we've just made it you know we've arrived yeah oh, we have arrived and then yeah. I think it was on the first afternoon or the or the next morning we had a call from the Chamber of Commerce and uh, they talked about networking. This is really amazing. I had never heard of networking to that point. That's but nice, isn't it how were you thinking you were going to get your clients then? Um, magic, Catherine. <laughs> you didn't have a plan. You were like, we had no work. plan. And, yeah. you know, and that just makes me think of something else. I knew this conversation would go all over the place. We had to do a business plan to get the money from the bank. Right. Because when you start an insurance, you have to go through, you know, all the criteria with what was in the ombudsman and stuff like that. Yeah. So you have to have a certain level of funding. Yeah. So we had to get um, a bank loan. And so we did a business plan for the bank loan. And it, it was, you know, could have been written by Hans Christian Anderson. It was just <laughs> done to, to get the money that we needed. And then it yeah. went in the drawer and we never looked, never at, looked it at it again. Yeah. So I think we just thought, because we've been in it for so long, it was just going to be easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, which it didn't. So the chamber mentioned about networking. This is what I heard. Come along to a breakfast. There'll be loads of people there in business. They all need insurance and you're going to clean up. That's not what they said, but that's what I heard. Right, okay. We went along to the breakfast. We sat together and we talked to each other. um, And then we went home, back to the office. And even though that's what we've done, so we haven't even spoken to anyone, we both said, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is going to change my business. Brilliant. Yeah, Rodney, you know. We're going to be running this huge empire, and yeah. I threw myself into networking. He didn't. He, I was the one that was going to go into the networking, and I was that person. I was here, there, and everywhere. And if anyone out there recognising me from those days, I apologise because I was that person <laughs> who 
vomited their stuff over you. <laughs> Are you in business? Oh, then you must need insurance. <laughs> I do insurance. Hey, here. Brilliant. I went through business cards, you know, our printer must have been like that. Yeah, she's just. But did it work? Um, so it did start to work, but that was only because I stumbled across someone who did training on how to network properly. Okay. And I did that and I was like, oh, shit, I've been doing this all this wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I just to turn the book up and start again. And I learned it was all about relationships mm -hmm. and going deeper with those instead of wider not going yeah. let's see how many people i can get yeah um, but going okay let me forge a relationship and let me learn more about you yeah. and it's yeah. that no one i can trust now that i know yes. but at the time you know i just thought oh my god it's gonna be amazing so that was actually what led me to come out of insurance right. because through the networking i discovered the whole world of personal development yeah and coaching you know for me at that point probably for a lot of people to be honest, coaching was, you know, something that the Americans did. Yeah. We had the therapy, baby. Like, I don't need that. You know, yeah. No. Um, so I split with my business partner very amicably. Yeah. And he just took on the insurance brokerage. And I went into actually teaching other people how to network. Right, that okay. my first business. So it was like Dawn Owen coaching slash training. Right. But it, it was coaching and training in a specific thing of how to network. Right. And I absolutely loved that. Yeah. Because I could show people, right, okay, stop, stop going around and vomiting your stuff yeah. over everything. Yeah. You know, this is all about Behind my stuff. Please buy yeah, my stuff. And that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? And, and I really learned a lot from that. And by then, I was starting to embrace the world of personal development quite, yeah. quite deeply. Um, equally, at the, at the similar sort of time, I'd lost my mom to, right. to breast cancer, which set me off on a on a big depression. I now realise, but at that time, I was the person who you know put the mask on, as I would describe it, and just pretending right. yeah, yeah. that it was happening. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have some coaching. And that's where my kind of in depth and um, switch to coaching came from. Right. So okay. I always say I was a coach before it was like cool to be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> before anyone knew what coaching was on the yeah coach. and i've just continued to build on that and coached in different areas so i kind yeah. of into it, you know where i am now um by a little segue of a few years in the family business because my dad had a heart attack which he right. survived but he had to have some time off so he's right. like can you come and look after the business for like you know six weeks i'm like yeah like three years later i was still, still there, there. Yeah. yeah and then and then we sold that business and i came back to coaching Right. so yeah there's there's a lot of like there is isn't there so so what what's kind of like your sweet spot now in terms of who you like coaching yeah. like where's the really like... women service-based normally over 40 um and then normally i've been in business for a few years mm. probably previously in corporate um and never really got to earn that money that they were earning in their great job in yeah corporate yeah um they're really really good at what they do but they have those wobbles that we talked about at the beginning of like you know that looking around look at Catherine Catherine's yeah. doing amazing why can't I do like that yeah. and, um I love social media but it can also be you know, the biggest downer because we yeah. are and we're all the same you know we're presenting that good stock side of our life yeah um, and I do try to be mindful of the fact and you know 
postings that say, look, it isn't always like this. Yeah. Um, kids, dogs, business, it, it's just going to come yeah. at you. Yeah. My personal belief is I don't think any of us have a finished article. No. Or in the motor trade, we used to have this um, whip at the end of the month, work in progress. And yeah. I think we're all whip as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Absolutely. Like, there'll always be, you know, and that when you're talking mindset, there's always going to be um, a ceiling that's going to yeah. hit and you're going to have to like work through that. Yeah. And so that's kind of, and that's the bit that I love because I see people who, particularly women, who will think, I'm just going to give it all up. Yeah, I can't do this. Well, is too what? Yeah. We're unemployable. No. This, is, this is the thing. It's like I, I have definitely had those periods of time, right? In the last two years where it's been like, this is too hard. I can't do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I think I could possibly make this work. But then I go, oh, wait, hang on a second. I also don't want to get a job. <laughs> so you need to choose. Are you going to get through this painful period of time? Yeah. You know, or are you going to go back to being employed when actually you probably are a bit unemployable? You'd make a terrible employee. <laughs> I would make a terrible employee. I'd find it so hard. And it's yeah. not that I would find it hard to be around other people. Actually, I get a lot, a lot of joy from being around people. Mm. It would be that if there was, it's not having the autonomy over yeah. my time and decision making. Like yeah. as it currently stands, I can decide whatever I want to. I can do what I want. And if tomorrow I'm not having a very efficient day, that's fine. If I had to go back to being employed, someone else gets to tell me what I'm doing yes. during my day? No, thanks. I couldn't think of anything worse. Oh, no, def definitely right. not. Definitely you not. Know? Like, you know, we talked about it, but the, the weather and being so beautiful. Um, mm. And if you just decide, actually, I'm just going to put my bikini on and get outside. Right. Guys as well. Then yeah. you just that's what close the boat <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. No, I think, I think, and it's not for everybody. This is the thing that I always say, owning a business, running a business or being self-employed is not for everybody because one of the biggest learning curves as well it has been learning to be resilient, not um, kind of taking the knockbacks personally and, and accepting that there are going to be knockbacks and there are going to be things that you've made bad decisions over and there are going to be things that feel like you're pushing water uphill. Mm. But the the sort of the wins typically and have to outweigh those negative periods in time. And I think I th I've just got so much joy from having built something mm right and being able to look back and say yeah actually every single step that has been taken has been because I got to choose and and I and the business is where it is because I got to choose because I made those decisions because I'm carving something out that you know I'm I'm creating the law firm and the space that I think I needed yes so so just kind of rewinding a little bit my obviously my mom died it'll be eight years ago this year and my dad three years ago this year and I you know it just completely changed my whole perspective mm. my mum dying completely changed my whole perspective on life on career like everything that I thought I believed in mm. I was like I don't actually really care about those things anymore like why are you all 
why are you all so stressed about your billing targets and hitting six hours of chargeable time? Like my mom just died. I don't understand why you care so much. It was so weird. It was it, it was like I was completely disconnected from everybody for about 12 months because I was like, I don't understand what you're all doing. It's just bizarre. But I think what that did do is then make me go, right, what what space do I actually need now in order to continue along this career path and so for me this this space that I'm creating is a space so that people can be human beings and they can have families and dogs and responsibilities outside the nine to five that means that ultimately they still get that joy and fulfillment from the work that they're doing but it's not the be all and end all because I think we're such a society of making work the be all and end all and I was like that's not what life is about like Mm. it's just not and if it's that it's that be all and end all and and the grind as well and i was talking about this at the weekend at an event that i did and i was saying there's such a negative image of um success and wealth out there if you think about it you know in the just in films for instance you know um and the devil wears father comes to mind you know the the boss is always the bitch yeah or, or if it's a man they're just horrible yeah and, and so it gives this skewed view i think of mm. what success is and what being wealthy means yeah and sometimes we can block ourselves because we've got that image in our head mm. um and we feel it has to be hard work we've got to be in the office at 6 a.m and we've got to yeah. stay so everyone else has gone home yeah. we've got to take those billable hours and we've got to do this and for me, it's like, no, it can, you can achieve everything that you want with grace and ease of the two yeah. words I use. It doesn't have to feel like, in my opinion, shouldn't have to feel like a grind. Right. Because I don't think. Do you know, I was having this exact conversation with someone this morning about that whole kind of hustle culture yeah. and the fact that it's so easy to be drawn into the idea that actually, in order for me to build a business, I have to work 16 hour days. I have to be, in, you know, I have to be up at five o'clock in the morning and working out and doing, you know, some kind of personal development. And, you know, I've got to do all these things in this order and it's got to be done. And, but, you know, but actually I didn't start the business to work 16 hour days and be up at five o'clock in the morning. I started the business because actually I wanted to choose what I did with my time and who I worked with, you know, and actually it is possible to build a business. It might take longer, mm-hmm. not suggesting that the person that, you know, works three times the number of hours as me is suddenly going to you know not achieve more because perhaps they will but equally I just didn't I didn't do it for that you know I did it because I wanted to actually show show that I could kind of prove to myself that I could create a space and be available for my children when Mm -hmm. they were little you know and it's so it's so easy to goes back to that point you made about social media as well about it being a great space but also quite a toxic place yes. you know and and you see all of this messaging around you know the hustle culture stuff and working yeah. stupidly long hours in order to do it and you know you can't possibly build a business without doing it well actually yeah you can yeah. it's just about being efficient with your time right and doing you know i think that's the old way i think yeah. like you said there you know the person who was working 16 hour days and you know would would they build something quicker than you yeah. And I think my question to that person would be, what do you do in that time? Because yeah. look, I could sit at my desk 24 hours a day. As a, as a business owner, there is always something to do. Yeah. I could always be doing a piece of marketing 
or you know I wouldn't be ringing clients at one o'clock in the morning but you know you could be working on your website funnels you know all of these things so there's always something to do but my question is you know do we have to do that at that time do we have mm. to do it at all yeah you know, is it just that we if we bought into that hustle culture that we think that's what we have to do yeah to, you know make a successful business and I know for myself so I've been married a couple of times mm. um I love wedding cake and in my, <laughs> in my second in my second marriage I know that I did that because I was trying to avoid something else so I think it's very easy also to slip into those routines of mm. working all the hours and doing all of that and yeah. actually it doesn't serve yourself and it, it doesn't serve anyone else either so exactly. I, I think it's you know really having a look and going right okay um can can I get this done in one hour or do I need four hours? Do I yeah. need to sit here for four hours or could I do it in one hour? But there's a name for this and I don't know what it is, but it's the thing where the task expands to fit the time. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn person will tell us what that yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and that's absolutely true. So if you give yourself, you know, you were talking about a task earlier and you said, mm. oh, I started it last week. Actually, it hardly took me any time, but, it, but it's taken me like four days. Yeah, because it shouldn't, because I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. Yeah, but really interesting. Well, one of the things that Gareth says is there's a difference between building a business in a mature industry slash profession, brackets, a law firm, and needing to get to market ASAP to be first mover in a nascent space. Yeah, so he's right. You know, I think it does depend on what you're doing to a certain extent. But equally, you know, I still don't believe that anybody has to absolutely kill themselves. And if I think this is the choice. It's about the choice, isn't it? If someone is saying... I'm happy to work those hours. You know, if I didn't have children, I'd probably work more hours because I'd be like, well, you know, actually I want to build this quickly. But the choice that I make for myself and my family is that I don't want to absolutely kill myself because for me, it's not about the money for me. The money is a nice byproduct of that which I do. But actually for me, it's about the creativity and the how many people can we help? You know, who can we serve today? And ultimately a byproduct of that is that I get paid for that. But, you know, I have to pay the bills. But the point at which I was focusing on the money, it just felt really jarring and wrong. It just wasn't the right the right growth element for me to focus on. But I think, you know, if perhaps my life was different and I didn't have children, maybe I would choose to work more hours. But that's it, isn't it? It's about having the choice to say. Choice is everything. You know, choice and decisions and making a decision, I think, is... So I think with decisions, what we do is we sometimes put them off because of some kind of fear. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we only we only consider the worst case scenario normally. Yeah. So we go, okay, well it's let let's look at leaving your job. So I'm gonna leave this job that's you know relatively well paid, maybe. And that's the only piece that we tend to focus on and we think, mm-hmm. oh, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I could lose the house or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your brain trying to keep you safe obviously yeah um, but what we rarely do is actually consider the best case scenario no so that we don't yeah no we don't we just think so what's the worst that could happen that okay and then we make the decision yeah what i'm suggesting that we should do is go what's the worst case and what's the best case so the best case scenario is you know you could earn more money you could create the space that you want to create you can spend the time with your children and so on and so on and so on mm. and often particularly in decisions like that the worst case scenario is actually just what you're doing now. Yeah. 
because let's face it if you know for either of us if this went picked up tomorrow then although we might not make a great employee or want to be one we could just go back we could just go back yeah yeah it's interesting actually you say that about the whole kind of best case scenario because as soon as you said it and you started talking about like what's the best case and then my brain went to this place of like oh what is the best case that would be really nice and then it immediately went to no no you don't you don't be silly you don't get to have that and I was like gosh that I checked it for a minute because I was like wait hang on a second that's really interesting that you know the brain kind of like you just said wants to take you back to this like safe space away from danger but yeah, it's it's a funny, I mean, you know, I guess that comes down to the reason that you coach, right? It's because actually you want to help people kind of move through those yeah. sort of so negative patterns. Got that part of our brain, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't mean, you know, it's meant to be there, it's meant to keep you safe. That's mm. what it's there for, you know, it's meant to um, seek comfort, avoid pain, you know, don't keep you safe, that's it. Yeah. I always say brain, because there's two parts of your brain, but brain, as in with a capital B, loves sitting on the sofa eating chocolate watching netflix that's what it's like so you just gave a perfect example there when you start to think oh well you know what could i do what is mm. possible for me brain goes whoa catherine whoa no 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 let's no come back come back yeah. come know. back and sit on the sofa with your jaffa cakes yes get yeah. the <laughs> we know about sitting on the sofa catherine we don't know right. about these big dreams things yeah. they would probably kill us so let's just stay here. <laughs> yeah. And it's having that awareness. And that, mm. that's what I love about coaching is that, you know, I can teach my clients for themselves as well to go, whoa, you know, okay, I just heard that. And I was like, oh, thank you, brain. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm going to override it with these other thoughts. Because in the other thought, that's that's where leads the stuff. And, you know, that's why people say everything you want outside your comfort zone and stuff like yeah. that. Because brain is always trying to pull you back in. And if you're not aware of that, you'll just think that that is the way it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually having that other dialogue. And I guess to a certain extent, you then could you then fall into the trap of thinking that maybe the the sort of tendency to bring you back to a safe space Mm -hmm. actually is your instinct, but it's not you you kind of have to have to learn to figure out which it is and actually can you then move through it because actually that's the right thing or is it your instinct telling you to stay away from something that is actually not safe I think it's really it's really nuanced isn't it between sort of understanding that and it's different for everyone Mm -hmm. and just considering the fact that all right you've gone for worst case scenario you know here's where balance does exist if there's a worst case scenario, of course, there's a best case scenario. Mm. So, but we don't go to it. We just yeah. go to the worst case scenario, like you say. And then what happens is, and because you, so you don't do anything, so you don't take the action, and then your results just become the evidence for the thought of why I, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. Look, because I've not done it. And I proved it. Yeah. And I proved it. And so that just then perpetuates and perpetuates and perpetuates. Whereas if you stop immediately one starts singing then collaborate and listen and (laughs) through the other side of your brain then you can be like okay so that's what this side of brain is saying who wants to keep you safe and what about this other side and then if you take just a little step forward on that so you know let's just say it's like oh well I you know maybe I could learn how to be a coach yeah 
and and then brain goes we don't know how to be a coach we don't even know how to do that we wouldn't know even know how to start so don't mm. so then you go yeah you're right i'm, I'm not going to do that but he then go okay well thanks for sharing that and i'm just going to consider how would i find out how to become a coach right well, yeah. go to you yeah. know, google or you could speak to another coach there are you know information is not in short supply yeah. and then if you take just one little step towards it then you're starting to build your evidence oh, right and i didn't die and, yeah and so, it was okay yeah and it's okay and now i know what i could do to become a coach so what, what's the next thought and what's the next yeah. so it's yeah. just those tiny little steps because all those tiny little steps then start to build the evidence until one day it's like Oh, well, I know how to do that. And you don't have brain telling you the opposite because all of the evidence says you know how to do this. Actually, you've done it. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I never really thought about it like that, actually. So kind of, okay, I would like to do that thing and almost breaking it down into just that one next step. Like, it's like dipping your toe in, isn't it? Okay, I want to go, I don't know, water skiing. Well, I don't know how to water ski. Well, first of all, you need to find somewhere that you can water ski and that can teach you how to water ski. But you also need to just get in the water. So, you know, dip your toe in and see see how that feels, right? You know, it's it's fascinating, really, that you can almost trick your brain and yeah. you've almost That's got to sort of switch off the... So quite often people talk about fake it till you make it, which I'm not a fan of either, mm. um, just because of the, the way that our brain works. Mm. But taking that tiny step that you can take and starting to build that body of evidence yeah. rather than listening to the other side. And then, yeah. just, and then like I say, it just becomes second nature. So do you think that, because obviously you coach mainly women, but do you think it is mainly women? Because I've had this conversation, I've asked this question a few times on these lives. Do you think it's typically women that are sort of lacking in self-confidence than no, men. I think, I think it's just I that women talk like, about it more openly. Yeah, women, yeah. you know, typically are more open to talk about it. Yeah, and it's interesting because so I would always say, um, pre enlightened dawn, um, was more blokey. So yeah. I handled my emotions, you know, like we would say a man does. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're kind of speaking very broadly here, women are happy to talk and men aren't. Mm. Um, and so I was definitely one of those kind of people who wasn't you yeah. know, talking about it until um, a coach cracked me open, basically. Yeah. And my husband coaches men right. and and it is becoming more and more, it's acceptable, isn't it? That, that's the thing, if people think right. it's not acceptable, yeah. you know, so he would say, men are brought up, you know, we're, we're brought up like, princesses and you know someone's going to save us and they're brought up to think that they are the person who saves yeah 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 and so the person who saves will not be the person who you know breaks down mm. their emotions um so i do see both sides of it and of course yeah. you know there are equally on both sides ones that don't follow that example i just see it more in women because that's who i deal with yeah um, yeah, yeah, when, yeah you know my husband deals with men and so he would say no it's it's equally prevalent yeah. i just think it seems to be more acceptable still for yeah. a woman to, to talk about it actually yeah, to talk about it yeah so in terms of your coaching what are kind of like the the key things that you find tend to be the things that people are struggling with that yeah. you end up coaching it, well, it all comes down to mindset as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, because you can have all the business strategy, but, you know, mm -hmm. if you're stuck here 
it's just not going to work. And that's yeah. why we've all got, you know, probably inboxes full of courses that we've bought that we've never done. Yeah. Of course, we have done, and we're like, I, I, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. It becomes the product's fault um, rather than looking internally. Yeah. And so normally, you know, that will manifest in people not getting the results that they want mm. in whatever area of the life. And um, so, you know, you're not getting the results in your business or the relationship that you want or your health and fitness, for instance. And um, it will come down to what's going on in here. Right. I think sometimes what we do typically tend to look for um, the answers outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's easier, right? Yeah, that's yeah. easier than going, okay, I think I think I need to look at myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when people come to me, they normally, they'll normally come with, my business isn't doing what I want it to mm. do. And then what I will say is, so I'm not your typical coach. I'm not your, here's the six-figure blueprint. Right, <laughs> yeah. Here's the seven steps to success. Yeah. I'm going to, like, test it. Break it down, yeah. Hey, let's, you know, let's have a look in there and let's get it all out. And then yeah. we'll start to find you know, what the things are that we can work on that are yeah. really make those big breakthroughs and transformations. Yeah. Because if it was as easy as the theory, the strategy, if you will, then we'd all have the exact body that we want because right. we all know eat less, move more, equal yeah. body that you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and most people I meet would either like to, you know, gain a few pounds, lose a few pounds, have this muscle here or whatever yeah. look is that they want. Um, and that's because of what, you know, ever goes on in their head around yeah. that. So it's just the same with everything else. Yeah. So just the strategy alone for me just won't get you there. Equally, yeah. meditating, affirmating and journaling every morning and not or that, you know, that on its own will not get you there. Either. Yeah. So it's about kind of mashing it off yeah. and going, okay, let, let's let's crack it all open, yeah. let's see what you need, and then let's start to put together something for you that's going to work for yeah. you. So, you know, there's business strategy there if we need it, and normally first is, is the mind. That must feel quite um, exposing, actually, for some people. Like, they have to, I would assume, be in the right frame of mind, ready to kind of break all that open and actually yeah. kind of you know because I, the idea of, i guess somebody coming into my business and going well actually i think i'd probably do something differently mm -hmm. i mean i don't feel like i need that now but i you know at some point in time i might be like actually i want you i want someone to kind of help me figure out if there are better ways of doing this stuff mm -hmm. but yeah i guess you i guess it there has to be a level of trust there between you and the person who you're working with right because mm -hmm. you're actually kind of going in and saying well actually these things aren't hugely efficient and are not serving you and we need to figure out a better way for you to move forward you know that's quite yeah. a big responsibility actually it's huge and you know my part in that would be so I wouldn't be the person that's coming in and going you know this, this is not efficient this is a better mm. way to do it I'd be talking to you Catherine and yeah. going okay let's let's look at that um but yeah there has to be trust there and this is a, a good example of social media right because people can get to know you Mm. and and i like to think i you know put my personality over on social media rather than just being a generic coach you know i yeah i think i said this in the beginning i you know call myself the zero bs high yeah. vibe yeah. coach Love and it. so i'm not for everyone because i'm not the you know here's a tissue there there let me try <laughs> yeah. and for yeah. you and make you a cup of 
tea, yeah. I'm like, okay. And so you want you want out of where yeah. you are now. Yeah. And if you want out, then we then we're gonna have to do something different. And yeah. I'll, I'll help you across the you know the valley of the goo as I call it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes things feel worse before they get better. Before they yeah. get better. And you know that happens in a lot of things. I always think about you know when you. So I revamped my office a few months ago, yeah. and I, all I wanted to do was move one thing. My husband had gone out, but the time he came back, he couldn't get in the front door because I'd shoved everything <laughs> out into the hall. You <laughs> could barely rearrange the room. Yeah, and he was like, "I can't, but I can't get in." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I was just told I just moved all the furniture out of the office, and it looked an absolute sight. Even yeah, now it looks wonderful, but it looked a whole lot worse before it, you know, before it looked better. Yeah, so I think you're right. That trust does have to exist, mm. and that's why finding the right coach is so important. It's like I can normally tell if I'm the right fit for someone. Yeah, um, and I've got no problem saying either the thing that you want to work on is not my zone of genius, mm. but you know, here's this person. This happened to me. You know, only a couple of weeks ago, somebody came to me, and we got on really well. And I would have loved to have worked with her, but I was just like, I'm just not the right person for you where you are right now. Yeah, and I'm yeah. good with that. And I think also that comes with maturity in your business as well. Because look, in the beginning, when you've got to pay the bills, you're just like, I'll take anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I did it. I did it right at the beginning. I literally, every single thing that came through the door that I had the expertise to do, regardless of the value of it, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. But I quite quickly, probably within six months or so, realised that actually I wasn't really helping either me or them mm -hmm. opening a file for you know a couple of hundred quid yeah. because the amount of time and mental capacity that it required was then taking me away from other work and there was this almost a bit of a sense of resentment that I was having to do, having to do this work obviously my choice to have done it but having you know having to do this work for not a huge amount of money deploying my expertise and when I could have been helping someone else you know and I think I think it is easy to sort of get into that almost panic place of well if I say no to this what if no yeah. other work comes through the door well that could because we've gone straight to worst case scenario yeah yeah so if I say no to this so I'm, I'm going a bit in the woo now because I'm quite into energetics and stuff so it's like okay, right. if I say no to this then I'm actually creating a space for something better right you know exactly because but that just shows we always go to that worst case scenario, yeah, yeah. You know, which is where the brain will take us. Yeah. The time. So learning how to counteract that worst case scenario with best case, yeah, you know, can just be huge. Mm. And and you might, you know, we've we, all started out and got to pay the bills, and I think as yeah. time goes on, I love that you said that, and that, you, and when you said there about, you know, that almost becomes that resentment, mm. and I find that as well. I was talking to someone the other day, and she said, I'm just. I find I'm counting down the time. Right today, I've got six clients, and I'm kind of ticking them off because I'm just I'm just not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. Just need to raise your prices. Mm. You know, a lot of the time that is it, and we're fearful if I raise my price, no one will come. Yeah, and the right people will come. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of coaches. I'm sure. Yeah. Likewise with solicitors. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not the cheapest, I'm far from the cheapest, and I also know I'm not the most expensive. Yeah. But I'm constantly changing my prices because my learning is getting better. Mm. So it doesn't make sense to charge what I was charging 12 years ago because I've got so many more 
tools in more experience yeah you're more experienced yeah. exactly um, so yeah, yeah to, to keep putting up and keep putting up the prices and i talk about pricing you said earlier about um the, the money is a separate thing it's mm. about i think what you described it it's about the value that you create yeah, yeah. and that's exactly. what i say to people that's it when people come to me and say i want to earn 5k a month or whatever i'm like okay so let okay and let's put that to one side what value can you create that someone will pay you five thousand pounds for because yeah. then money becomes secondary and it's yeah. like what value can i create yeah who are you serving yeah yeah money is just exactly. what you get for it yeah and, you know, and, I, and I get it like money is and everything but i think it's some i was gonna say old woman i mean some woman <laughs> in history who said yeah. um you know it's not everything but it's right up there with fresh air because it's how we run our lives yeah exactly exactly shoes, you know? yes. yeah exactly and cakes. <laughs> but yeah no i think i think it is it, it's i just know that for me like it's a it's a measure money is a measure and it helps me see growth yeah but when i was focusing on it mm -hmm. as the sort of be all and end all in terms of my goals it just was really jarring I don't know, there was some kind of disconnect and it felt like everything was a massive chore. And then every month that I didn't hit my money target, I just would beat myself up about it. And as soon as I stepped away from that money target and went, actually, what I want to do is I want to help four new clients this month do this. I want to get this type of work. That's when it there was just more of a sense of achievement for me than... And, and just going back to that whole sort of like, you know, charging low prices, I was talking to someone only today about the fact that at that point, I realized I was opening files for stupid amounts of money. I made a decision and I went, actually, I'm not going to open a file for less than X amount. So if someone comes to me and needs my help, either I'm going to have to create something that means that I can serve like the kind of one to many concepts, or I'm just going to say to them, look, it just doesn't make sense for me to do this work for you. I know that that's really disappointing and frustrating, but you, you know, you're better off going over to this person who I know will be cheaper than me, or, you know, you can probably get the answers from this website or, you know, kind of set, directing them somewhere else, because they're more likely to then come back to you as well when actually there is yeah. a bigger thing for you to help them with. But it is hard to kind of step, step into that, like, I'm going and to be that, bold. It's something to own as well, isn't it? And I think it goes back to, and I, I applaud you for saying that, um, because I know that there are people who go, oh, well, you know, Think, yeah, why do you think you can charge that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't you open a file for like a hundred quid or whatever? Yeah. And it goes back to that negative connotation of success Money. and yeah. wealth. And just what popped into my head then, and oh my god, I've given away so many clues to my age today. But <laughs> do you remember when I'm trying to lump you in, in my box? Now, well, <laughs> do you remember when people used to talk about the supermodels and then we go, yeah. Won't get out of bed for less than ten thousand pounds a day. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that sentence was, and that's hideous. Yeah, you know, there are there are people who can't afford to pay their bills and stuff like that, and these girls won't get out of bed for less than ten thousand pounds a day. Yeah, but that is the value that they created. Yeah, with yeah. with their gift, you know. Right. And of course, there will always be people who are suffering and are finding it a challenge, and that always happens no matter what. Yeah, and if you have something. If you have some kind of gift or some kind of talent 
that can translate into value for other people, yeah. then that's you know that's your right to go and use yeah. it, so that you can become a role model for other people, so yeah. that people can see that good people do become rich and successful, yeah. and then yeah. you can go and do other things and spend that money. This is what I always yeah. say to people when they say it's not about the money. I was go, but but I bet there are things that you want to do yeah. and for others yeah. that require money. Yeah. So if you want to make huge donations to charity, you know, that is money. And can so do that. those are the drivers rather than the, oh, I need to make this amount of money. Yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? It's it's going, okay, even if you earn more than you believe you need to, you don't have to keep it all. Exactly. You can do something else with it. You know, it just so happens that you have, you know, made twice as much as you need. Well, you know, do do something good with it. Go start a charity. Go and make a donation to charity. You know, yes. donate some of your time if you know if you now find yourself a bit more time rich than you were before. Yes. You know, there's so many good things that you can do with that. It doesn't always have to be completely self-serving. And and you know, it, it's funny, isn't it? But it like I mean, it does come back to mindset, doesn't it? And the whole yes. idea around yeah. yeah, whatever your thoughts are around money or success or being rich, um, that's, you know, that's where what, what will keep you in that mindset. Yeah. And will also stop you from progressing on to the next level. Because yeah. if you do anything, if you've got the mindset that, you know, I don't know, £5,000 a month is, is the limit, then you won't break £5,000 a month. Yeah, but yeah, and if yeah. you do, you'll be like, brain, will be like, well, that's a fluke. You'll never do that again. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't do that again. We might die. Yeah. Good again and so something awful is going to happen yeah exactly. yeah no, it's interesting it does all come back to mindset really and what yeah. are the thoughts are that you have around a particular thing you know our, our brain is our translator of the world mm. and so we just got all the sentences in our head that yeah. you know about ourselves about the world around us about what does money mean what does success mean everything is just our you know that's what's in our brain all day long well, it's, um, what, it's based on your experiences, isn't it? So actually, yeah, to a certain extent, it's skewed on what yeah. you know on what you've experienced so far. And actually, yeah. sometimes you have to kind of break those negative yeah. kind of cycles of of thinking in order to move through to the next phase. Because I, you know, I don't think for one second that perhaps the person I am now is necessarily the person I'm going to be in three years' time. Mm. You know, if the business grows in the direction and to the extent that I I want it to. I'm going to have to probably be a different person to the person that I am today. And if you'd have asked me two years ago, I mean, I'm a completely different person to the person I was two years ago. Not necessarily personally, but from a business perspective and the way that I think and the types of decisions that I make and how I conduct myself in certain situations and how I how I navigate my way through some of the strategic stuff I have to do. I'm a completely different person. Like, you, I'm just not. I'm just not the same person I was two years ago. And you can start, because again, it all comes down to thought, is that, you know, when someone comes to me and says, this is what I want, this is what I want my business to look like or my relationship or whatever mm. it is. It's like, okay, well, what does that person think like? Yeah. You know, and start acting from that place now. Yeah. Um, and it's how you can, you know, up your game mm. before, because a lot of people wait until they get somewhere. When I get there, then yeah. I'm successful. When I get there, then I'm happy. Yeah. Well, you could do that now because you could start acting, thinking, you know, and feeling like that person now. So I would often say to, to my clients, you know, okay, so what does the person who's already achieved X, Y, Z, yeah. you know, 
what what do they look like what do they do how do they act yeah you know something that they're not doing let's just say you know someone wants to go networking and they're not i'll be saying well you know what what does the what does this version of you in the future look like do yeah. they go networking yeah. yeah yeah they go networking and they make relationships and they deepen those relationships and they do that okay so well, let's do that, do that, do that. yeah yeah Exactly. Because if you believe that that person in the future, that's what they do, if you start doing it now, you're going to get there so much quicker. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, you know, it's not kind of like faking it till you make it. It's actually just taking strategic steps towards yeah. being what you need to become, right? And it's like there are things that I have to do. I mean, I, I love and hate in-person networking. Once I'm there, I'm absolutely fine. But the the idea of getting ready to go getting yeah. psychologically ready not really knowing who's in the room am I going to end up being the person that is standing there by themselves not talking to anyone you know all of that sort of like worst case scenario stuff yeah. kicks yeah. up and it's only once I walk in the room and I make eye contact with someone and I go and start to kind of converse that I then sort of settle into it but yeah. you do sometimes have to just do those things that you're like oh, I really don't want to do that but actually I'm just I've just got to suck it up and get on with it because you know, override. So, so I, you know, to to be very coachy there, I would yeah. say we don't have to suck it off. We just have to change the way that we're thinking about it. Because mm. in an energetics wise, you know, going with the suck it off mentality um, won't won't serve us well. Mm. We won't be the best version of ourselves. And I think you know, I share a lot of your um, views on in-person networking. Yeah. I was talking about this with someone last week. So three of us had booked to go to an event, but we're going to travel together. Right. And the day before, two of us were on the phone and we were like, oh, God, you know, if it was, yeah, if it was yeah. just us, we probably would have let ourselves off the yeah. hook. Yeah. And all those reasons that you just said. And look, like we said in the beginning, we could always find something different to do with mm -hmm. the time. But actually, because we invited someone else to go, we were like, we can't let her go. Um, yeah. so, we can go. so then we decided because I'm all about okay so what, what can we learn from that and how can that help us in the future yeah. we now I've decided if I'm going networking I've got to have at least three of us because I know that's right. going to make me go and I went to this event and it was amazing and I made yeah. brilliant contacts we all three of us did um, but it would have been so easy for me to go do you know what it's, it, it's five hours out of the day by the time yeah. I've travelled I could easily do something else with that time and yeah. not go so my top tip is get at least three of you and then you won't let yourself. Oh, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Well, look, we've we've done an hour. I can't believe oh, this hour has absolutely flown by. So I'm just going to ask you one final question, which is if someone came to you and said, I'm really struggling with my mindset in my business, like I just don't think I just don't think I've got what it takes. Like where should they start in terms of how to kind of navigate their way through those yes. negative feelings. So I was talking about is just at the weekend, um, and what I suggest to people is that you start listening into your own thoughts, so you get get them all out of your head, basically. And we did this as an exercise. And for instance, you know, somebody there, there were things like, I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to repeat that month that I had, and the clients aren't coming enough. No one wants what I've got. Get them all out, and then run that scenario of like, is that actually true? You're, you're a lawyer, you know, is that a fact mm. that could be proven in a court of law? And yeah. 9.9 times out of 10, the answer to that is no. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what is a different thought that I could have? 
Right. And you've got to teach yourself to think differently until it comes naturally. Yeah, yeah. A bit like, you know, no one has to, well, well, no adult, hopefully, has to fight with themselves about brushing their teeth in the morning. Yeah. You, know? you don't realise it, but that process goes through your head really, really quickly, you know, for whatever reason. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to get the teeth or I yeah, don't yeah, I yeah. the way they feel or whatever. And then you just yeah. brush your teeth. And yeah. so until you can make it that unconscious, you need to consciously start listening in. So if right, you write okay. down all the thoughts in your head about your business right now, and then stop and then look at them and see you won't have been aware of some of them but when you see them you've got to write them out or type them whichever works right, for you yeah. you've got to get them out visibly to look at them and yeah. be able to you know like examine them in your hand and go yeah. are these thoughts helping me right now are they actually real or are they yeah. no most of the time and it's like okay so how can what are some different thoughts that i can start thinking and it's not as easy as an affirmation. Again, I've got a love hate relationship with affirmations, mm -hmm. you know, from going from this to this, like I've got no money, I'm a millionaire. That's yeah. Not, like, <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. believe it at, yeah. at a face level. But learning how to like I can find out how to. I'm excited about doing right, it. Right, okay. So it's more right. about an action. Yes. It's yeah, kind of if that action is then going to prove prove the thought. But if you're not even aware of what those thoughts are, because just like I, I'm rubbish at my business, like you know, it's going to fail. It's not enough. We need to find out all the thoughts behind that, so that we can yeah. start looking at them and then changing them. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you. I could carry on talking for another hour, probably. No. <laughs> we stop and go and actually have some lunch. Um, thank you, Dawn, for for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, I, really I love that. Your time. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. I think I am just forward slash Dawn Owen, um, or Dawn at dawnowen.com is the easiest way to get hold of me. See That's what I did there. Totally love it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, brilliant. Thank you, Dawn, and um, have a good afternoon. And you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.